Grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Where did you see Jesus today? If you've ever been on a trip to Haiti with us or if you ever go, that most certainly will be a question that you will hear as we gather uh, at the end of typically a very long and hot and humid day of serving. We'll sit in front of our main home, our guest house, where our kitchen is, gather under a black night sky littered with more stars than you knew existed. And there we'll sit, typically with a cold Coca-Cola or 7-Up, because those are the only two options you have in Haiti that are, that are cold. There is no cold water. And we'll enjoy that drink and typically have our hand in a, a bag of our favorite snack from the U.S. And for those of you taking notes, uh, mine is always M&M's. So there we sit, reflecting on our day and the ways in which we saw Jesus. And there's the question. Where did you see Jesus today? What if I were to ask you the same question? Where have you seen Jesus this morning? In the last week? Maybe the last year or through your lifetime? Jesus has arrived. He is here amidst us. As Pastor Tom pointed out before the service just this past Sunday. It is Jesus that we are offering our praise to here. It is Jesus that we are singing to. He is with us. How do we know that he is with us? Where do we see him? Certainly we don't see him physically. But we see the fruits of his presence all around us. In the very beginning of, of John, the very first ber- verse, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. This, this is not just a book. It is a tool. It is a tool for communication. It is a tool to transform us by the renewing of our minds. And so we have to utilize this tool. As Christ calls us, as we read in our, in our Holy Gospel, the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And surely I will be with you until the very end of the age. Behold, I am with you. That's how we know he's here. Because his word is trustworthy and true. And he tells us so. In the beginning, in Genesis, we often think about God being with people. Well, certainly Jacob experienced his presence and said, surely the Lord is in this place. He recognized and God promised that he would be with him just as Jesus promises to be with us. We also experience and see Jesus in our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the body of Christ. It doesn't matter your age, your gender, your culture, your ethnicity. None of that matters. The true believers in Christ are gathered together as his body. With him as the Godhead. He's the control center. Jesus Christ is the head. We are his hands and feet. And so he calls us 
to be his hands and his feet, to go out and to make disciples of all nations. As part of the body of Christ, sometimes we need to step back and be still and know that he is God. We need to seek him in communion with him. Not a checklist of doing our devotion and reading a little scripture and letting it go in one ear and out the other. But rather meditating on the ways in which we see Christ working in our lives. Giving him opportunity to work that we would see it. And so God comes to us in his word and we know he's present through his word. How many of you here have not experienced hardship? Maybe there's a few hands in the balcony, some young people that have yet to experience it. Sadly, we can all admonish them that they will experience it. It's a part of the curse in which we live. It's part of sinful humanity. But how often do we see Jesus showing up in times of hardship? Maybe that hardship is a diagnosis of mental illness that mom or dad had. Or maybe it's those dreaded words, you have cancer. Maybe it's an explanation for your memory loss that you have Alzheimer's. Whatever it is, that hardship drives us to something greater than ourselves. We seek comfort, we seek hope, we seek the encouragement of the only one that can provide it. And that's Christ Jesus. And so we turn to him. That hardship is all around us. Maybe it was an accident that leads to a permanent disability and a loss of a job, a livelihood, a vocation has changed. Maybe it was an accident that led to a death. And so we have grief. We certainly will all face grief in our life from loss of a loved one. But there are so many other types of grief besides death. The grief of, of addiction, of a spouse that's addicted to substances. The grief of divorce that so many children face. The grief of the addiction of pornography that continues to disrupt marriages and lives and the exploitation of, of so many. Maybe it's the grief of a wayward child, a child that you try so desperately to draw back to show the way, but they continue to resist. In one of the main churches that has the gas guest house in Haiti where we would stay in, in Creole above the altar uh, is, is the Matthew verse in, in chapter 11 that says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. We see Jesus in our lives and in scripture. We see Jesus in our lives through hardship and we turn to him when we're heavy laden and we need that rest. But this Jesus that we turn to didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so too are we called to service. And so herein lies the third way in which Jesus shows up in our lives. He shows up 
through acts of service. Mission trips are phenomenal. I don't know if it's the one focus. Maybe it's the fellowship of believers that are gathered together with that one goal in mind to share the love of Christ. Maybe it's putting away the cell phones and the computers and all the abilities to communicate internationally. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems that Jesus shows up in force on mission trips. Maybe he's always there. We're just distracted. And so maybe our mission trip is right here where we're filled. We have so many opportunities to, to serve here in volunteer roles. The Evansville Rescue Mission and the Evansville Christian Life Center are two places that, that um, are near and dear to my heart. I've had opportunity to serve there. And you see Jesus showing up in big ways there as well, right here in our community. I know that we're connected very heavily with Kairos Ministry in so many other ways that we serve. But Jesus can be seen there. And certainly he can be seen here at church as well. I don't know if anyone was here last Wednesday night, but I saw Jesus here. Surprise, we're at church. You see Jesus at church. That happens. Yes, praise God for that. No, when I, I came in, I, I saw Kara Baumgard and, and Karen Sinelli in the gathering space waiting. And then shortly after, I, I greeted them. And I turned and I heard some children running with open arms and smiling. And they were greeting people. And so here, Karen and Kara, with warm smiles and warm faces, greeting Kara, who's the foster mother. Her name also is Kara. With the Never Alone ministry that they are involved in. And so here, Kara, the foster mother, comes in with the three young boys that are entrusted to her care. And they come running up and receive these warm smiles, this warm greeting, this warm embrace, this warm welcome to church. Now, I don't know if these children have been to church before. I'm not sure. But I bet they want to come back. We saw Jesus right out here in the gathering space as the fruits of Christ and his love welled up in Kara and Kara and spilled over with his love for those sweet children. Never alone ministry is aptly named because we are never alone. Christ Jesus is with us wherever we go. He is here. And so we behold Jesus in his word. We behold him in hardship. We behold him in our acts of service. He shows up in big ways. The real presence of Christ. Is it a feeling? Could be. Some people say, I experienced Jesus. And praise God for that. Certainly they can. Certainly God can create dreams and he can speak to each of us in different ways. But is feeling the presence of Christ a requirement? It's not. Jesus is here whether you feel him or not. He is here. But we too have a job. We must turn to him. And we must seek him. And we must abide. As John 15 says, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
We have to be attached to the vine. We have to abide in Christ. We have to seek him in his word. We have to seek him when we face hardship. And we have to seek him in serving others. Because Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve. In Luke, Jesus said, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. That promise. That promise. The the Holy Spirit that we receive in our baptism. That Holy Spirit of which we've become the temple of lives in us. And so we have God as our Father. And we have the the redeeming benefits of Jesus Christ, His Son. But we also have the life-sustaining, the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit that emboldens us to serve in His name. That others would come to faith and trust and know that Jesus has arrived, that He is here, that He does bring comfort to us as we face the curse in this world. And our Romans reading says that nothing can separate us from God. There are no external powers. There is nothing that can can keep us from the love of Christ. But St. Paul didn't mention that we ourselves can pull ourselves away. We can fall away and fall out of grace with God. And so we must abide. We must seek Him. But nothing can snatch us out of His hand. We certainly can refuse His grace that is ever before us. As the apostles in Acts were gathering, there's a checklist that shows us how we abide. We're all checklist people. We're Americans. We must be. We, we, want, we want somebody to tell us exactly what to do. Tell me exactly how to stay young. Tell me exactly how to stay fit. Tell me exactly to stay healthy all of my life. Boy, if there was such a checklist. Well, we have one for abiding. And in Acts, it says to, to hold close to the apostles' teaching. And so that apostles' teaching is what a faithful pastor does each week as he preaches God's word. And then it says to break bread together. To share in the holy sacrament of communion, Christ's body and blood. And so we gather together to be strengthened at the Lord's table. And then it says the fellowship of believers. That's us. That's corporate worship. That's gathering. We come together, people of the same belief, to profess and confess what we believe, to strengthen one another as the true body of Christ, as his hands and feet. And the last piece is prayer. We seek Him in prayer. It's not transactional. It's in communion with. And so we desire to have communion with Him. To be still and know that He's God. To read His Word knowing that He comes to us there. His Word is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's right before us. At our fingertips. At any time. No matter what this world throws at us, as we read in the Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. To God be praised. May he give you the strength to see him each and every day in people, in service, And as he comes to you in his holy word, blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, 
honor, power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.